Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Radio Dakar. Uh, thank you for listening to the first episode. If you did, hopefully you got some good background on me. Again, I am your host, Doug Brooks. And if you didn't listen to the first episode, that's okay, uh, because we're going to jump right into talk about Star Wars Resistance. The upcoming animated series should be premiering probably in October. We might get some more concrete news on that this week. But this episode is all about what we know about the series and a lot of speculation. There's a lot of characters that have been introduced in the new Star Wars canon that may show up in the series. So I want to talk about that today and get everybody ready for any announcements that may be forthcoming. So StarWars.com has not revealed too much just yet. All they've said is that it is a animated series. Based on the artwork, it looks to be 2D instead of the 3D animation we got with the Clone Wars and with Rebels. So it's going to look a little different. I like the new approach. I think it's neat that each animated series so far has had a different look, so they're more recognizable. This series, all they've said is that it takes place before The Force Awakens. And it's, to quote the website, it says, Star Wars Resistance, an exciting new animated adventure series about Kazuta Siono. Guessing that's how it's pronounced. We'll find out soon, I hope. A young pilot recruited by the Resistance and tasked with a top-secret mission to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. That's all we know so far. We've seen, through the one preview image, uh, a modified X-Wing fighter that looks more like a scout ship. So there may be a lot of reconnaissance missions, that sort of thing in the series. The only confirmed characters besides Kazuda... Uh, we know that BB-8 will be in the series, and then we know for sure that Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma will appear, and they will both be voiced by the respective actors from the live-action series, Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie. But that's all we know so far. Uh, they have announced the cast. If the online report is true, then uh, Kazuda is being played by an actor named Christopher Sean, who is... Uh, on one of the soap operas. He is of Asian descent, so that is what we'd expect Kazuda to resemble in this universe. But we don't know that just yet. There has been a blurry image posted online from when there was a presentation given in France, I believe. Since it hasn't officially been released, I don't want to get into too much speculation about the photo. Although, just from the blurry art. It looks like a diverse cast as far as the Resistance. And then, of course, with the First Order, you'll get the Stormtroopers and variations thereof. But I'm going to get into mostly what characters I would like to see in the series. There's some that should be for sure, but you don't know that for a fact until they show up. Like with Rebels, Leia made an appearance, Lando... R2 and 3PO. Of course, Ahsoka showed up later. Thrawn made his appearance in later seasons. 
I'm sure that was speculated upon when the series began, but you just didn't know until they actually appeared or were t- uh, confirmed by the producers. So th- this episode will just be fun. I'm going to be try to be as comprehensive as I can with all the material we've had presented to us. I will start, though, with a little background on what the sequel trilogy era is like. For those of you who have only seen the movies and haven't read the books or the comics and gotten any more background information, this is just a brief history of where we got from Endor to the events in The Force Awakens. That way you are up to speed on what we can expect to see. So after the Battle of Endor and the defeat of Emperor Palpatine, Darth Sidious, the fall of Darth Vader, and the destruction of the Death Star, there was still an imper- several Imperial remnants left. Not all the ships were destroyed. Some of the remaining commanders mass their forces as best they can. This has been uh, demonstrated in the Aftermath series by Chuck Wendig, in Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, and also in the game Battlefront 2 in the story mode. So what we saw on in various forms in those media is that the Emperor had a contingency plan. And it, he called it Operation Cinder, which was if, without going into too much detail, if his contingency was that if he were to perish, then the Empire would perish with him, but they would take along their assets. So these satellites were put into place over key worlds that would destroy them, destroy any information about the Empire, so that they could start anew. In the meantime, the Emperor had set up these observatories on different planets, including Jakku, which I will get to. Uh, There is one demonstrated in uh, the Battlefront game where he collected Sith artifacts and various things, but also searched out for other beings that were using the Force and in the unknown regions of the galaxy, which a good portion of the series may take place in, we don't know that yet, the Emperor found a dark presence. It's probably Supreme Leader Snoke, we don't know that for a fact, it hasn't been confirmed in any literature, but the Emperor had a an assistant, so to say, named Gallius Rax, who was a boy who grew up on Jakku, and the Emperor, just before the Battle of Endor, tasked Gallius Rax with taking the Imperial Remnant out to the unknown regions to find this malevolent force, so to say. These various events led up to the Battle of Jakku, which took place one year after the Battle of Endor. The Battle of Jakku has been shown in Aftermath, Lost Stars, and Battlefront from different perspectives. It was basically the last stand of the Empire. This was the final defeat. And you see the aftermath of it in The Force Awakens with the toppled AT-ATs, the crashed fighters, the buried Star Destroyers, because in some cases, the ships were being pulled out of orbit with tractor beams and crashed into the planet. In Lost Stars, it was a intentionally crashed so that it wouldn't be overtaken by, at the time, New Republic operatives. So, at the Empire was defeated at Jakku, but the Imperial Remnant that was still on the planet 
and after the uh, spoiler, after the defeat of Gallius Rax, they took off in a ship for the Unknown Regions with many children aboard, and these were led by uh, two new characters from the canon that have been shown in the books, uh, Ray Sloan, who is an Imperial Admiral, and Brendel Hux, who is the father of Armitage Hux, who is General Hux from the movies. It is well worth your time to go back and read these materials because they are incredible and they give all this great background. I'm just trying to be very brief so that we can figure out where we are once we get to the events of Resistance. So, the what remained of the Empire went off to the Unknown Regions to rebuild. That was their first, first order, to come back stronger than the Empire. And we see that might in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi with Starkiller Base and Snoke's ship, the Supremacy, and just the amount of warships and troopers they have. So the New Republic, once they created a new government, was established on Chandrilla, which is Mon Mothma's home planet. And they created a new Senate and tried to make the best they could for about 24 years. Now, the book Bloodline by Claudia Gray takes place six years before The Force Awakens. Uh, Leia Organa is a senator, and she is aware of a growing threat because of unusual business dealings and massing of arms and soldiers. I, I will be getting into Bloodline more in my, in my next podcast, so I'm not going to go into great detail of the story, but Leia recognizes this threat that is growing towards the New Republic, but the majority of the other senators don't want to acknowledge it. So Leia leaves her position as a senator and creates the resistance, which, and it wasn't clearly explained in the movie The Force Awakens, there was an deleted, uh, excellent deleted scene that would have explained it better, but they kind of have the support of the Republic, but they are their own thing, and they have to fund themselves. That's why they seem as ragtag as the Rebellion in some some cases. They just have the ships that they could, and they have to use old bases, like on the one on Crate in The Last Jedi. But Leia gets the people who are loyal to her to create this force to almost advance police the galaxy against the, this growing threat, which turns out to be the First Order. It's important to note that at the time of Bloodline, six years before The Force Awakens, Ben Solo has not turned to the dark side and become Kylo Ren. The flashback we saw in The Last Jedi has not occurred yet, so we don't know exactly when that happens. It also makes it unclear just yet when Resistance begins. Is it right at the beginning of the Resistance? Do we see maybe a version of that, the final scene in Bloodline where Leia gets her people together to form the Resistance? Or is it a couple of years later once they're established and Ben has already turned? I, the focus seems to be on the Resistance and the pilots and the First Order, so I don't know if that will be important. I think that may be reserved for a novel down the line or some other media to show exactly what happened with the fall of Luke's training temple.
So that's where we are. We have a six-year period between Bloodline and The Force Awakens where Resistance can take place. So what I'm going to do for the rest of this podcast is talk to you about the characters that have been introduced in this era that we may see show up and join Kasuda and Poe and Captain Phasma and BB-8 in Resistance. I will start with that final uh, scene in Bloodline when Leia organizes the Resistance and go over the people that have joined up with her. And a lot of these names you saw in particularly The Force Awakens, but also in The Last Jedi. She has Nin Numba, who was Lando's co-pilot in Return of the Jedi. You saw him as a pilot in The Force Awakens. Uh, he returns uh, because of his loyalty to Leia. They went on a mission together in a great little novel called Moving Target, uh, which is uh, kind of a young reader. It's a quick read. It, it was very good. It uh, involves how they got the Imperial shuttle that they used in Return of the Jedi. Also, Admiral Akbar, of course. Uh, he was brought out of retirement from Moncala to join back with Leia. Uh, General Emat is... He was the older bearded man uh, who was in both The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. He has been established in a couple other books. Uh, Smuggler's Run was one of them where Han had to go on a rescue mission for him. Uh, Dr. Colonia who was the physician who tended to Chewie in The Force Awakens when she was tending to his arm at the Resistance base. Uh, you also have Snap Wexley, who is played by Greg Grun- Grunberg, one of J.J. Abrams' friends. He was on Heroes and has been in other J.J. Abrams' properties, uh, Star Trek, and he was probably in Mission Impossible 3. Snap is an interesting character because he as a child, fought at the Battle of Jakku with his mother, Nora Wexley, who was an Y-Wing pilot at the Battle of Endor. Uh, This is all explained in the Aftermath trilogy. So, Snap has been a long-time friend-slash-officer of the Rebellion, New Republic, and now the Resistance. So, and then you see him as one of Poe's wingmen in The Force Awakens. He is a survivor at the Battle of Starkiller Base. And there are, uh, the only other new character from Bloodline that you saw in The Force Awakens, her name is Corsella. It's unfortunate they put, took out that deleted scene because Leia talks to her about going to the Senate uh, to talk to him about the incre- even more increasing threat of the First Order now that they know about Starkiller Base. Kor was seen when Starkiller Base destroyed Hosnian Prime. She's most forefront on that balcony when you see the blast coming in. She was basically the representative of the Resistance in the Senate. But she had a much greater role in Bloodline, and she joins up with Leia at the end. Uh, you have new characters who I really hope show up in Resistance. Uh, there was... Joff Striker, who was a pilot who helped take Leia around uh, when she was investigating these uh, financial dealings in Bloodline. And uh, Greer Sonnel, who was a, a great new character. She is a pilot. She also loves to race. Um, she raced under Han Solo. It, before Ben turned to the dark side, Han had kind of retired from 
being a general into um, organizing galactic races. And so Greer had raced for him. And then she also worked under Leia. I'm hoping Joff and Greer come over from Bloodline into Resistance. They were just fun characters. So then, going back to characters we saw in The Force Awakens and Last Jedi, I've already mentioned some of them because they were in Bloodline. Also in Poe's crew, uh, you had Jess Pava, who was... Uh, she's played by Jessica Henwick, who you might know from Game of Thrones, and also she's on one of the Marvel Netflix series. I think it's Iron Fist. Um... Now, Snap and Jess were not seen in Last Jedi, so they apparently were on a different mission, so hopefully they'll be back in Episode 9, as a side note. But uh, she would be in post-crew if we see them. And there were just any of the pilots, basically, that we saw in The Force Awakens are fair game for the series. But Snap and Jess were the two most prominent. Uh, you also have uh, Tally Lintra who was the A-Wing pilot we saw in The Last Jedi, who was one of the casualties when Kylo Ren bombed the hangar. Really hoping she's in the series. I thought in her limited screen time that she was a great presence, being the A-Wing A -wing squad leader. And you know, she seemed to be in command of the bombers overall. I think if they could flesh out her character more on the series, it would just be outstanding. And... Um, hopefully Hermione Kornfeld would come back to do the voice. Uh, and of course, there's also Paige and Rose Tico. Um, I know Rose is a bit of a polarizing character, but they their characters, she and her sister Paige, have been fleshed out so well in a couple of other series. Uh, it's just young adult readers. There is um, Cobalt Squadron, which talks about the, the bombers and what they were doing in the event during the Force Awakens time and why they weren't shown um, in orbit of Dakar and they didn't show up till the evacuation happened. And also uh, one of the journals called uh, Bomber Command. So it gets more detail about the, uh, the girls whom they grew up uh, in the Automach system, which was pretty much taken over by the First Order and used for materials fabrication and weapons testing. So they haven't a true agenda against the First Order. They, their home was destroyed, and that's why they had joined up and were on the bomber. Rose had actually served on the bomber with Paige, and they would just sit in the gunner's, uh, gunner's turret and talk. And then it was just shortly before The Last Jedi that Rose was reassigned, and that's why she wound up um, on the Rattus, where she met Poe. The, uh, the only other character from The Force Awakens I might mention is Adril Statura. Um, he is... Um, I forgot to have the actor's name in front of me. He, he is the same actor who was on Lost, another friend of J.J. Abrams. Uh, he had a pretty prominent role in The Last Jedi, or, I'm sorry, The Force Awakens. He was the one who tried to find the thermal oscillator on the Starkiller base. He seems like a good candidate for being on resistance, especially if there's scenes at the base. There's also, of course, Vice Admiral Emmeline Holdo. She had the memorable scene in The Last Jedi 
taking out the supremacy by taking the Radis to hyperspace. I would hope she shows up, and that Lara Dern comes back to voice her. It, it, one of the interesting things about Resistance will be to see how widespread were they. Did they try to keep centralized at one base, or did they have their operatives out different parts of the galaxy trying to investigate this First Order threat? So you wonder if, since she was the commander of a different ship in the fleet, will they be out in the far reaches, not really seen? Maybe she'll make an appearance every now and then. You also have uh, Lieutenant Connix, who is played by Billy Lord, who is Carrie Fisher's daughter. Um, she was uh, uh, the base officer in The Force Awakens, and then she took a much more prominent role in The Last Jedi, helping get the last ships off Dakar in the evacuation. And she was one of the survivors at the end on the Falcon. I would really hope she's there. Uh, just because, you know, she's one of the more familiar resistance officers now, so it would be a nice connection to the movies. I have pretty much covered everybody, as far as the resistance, who was in the movies, and we expect to see on the show. We are, okay, so the First Order is a little more cut and dry because there's fewer officers with individuality. We know Captain Phasma's confirmed. You would think that General Hux would show up at some point, uh, and Donald Gleason would come back to voice him. We don't know that for sure. Um, maybe there might be confirmation soon. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but it would be nice to see him pop in, almost in a how Grand Moff Tarkin showed up in Rebels in just a few episodes, but he he had that presence, so you knew he was overseeing things and that he knew what was going on. So we'll have to see about that. Um, and of course, there's other uh, Star Destroyer commanders like Gen uh, Captain Kennedy and Captain Peavy, who were seen in The Last Jedi. May they show up. Could be a situation like in The Clone Wars, where you had Ad uh, Colonel Ularen, who was one of the officers in the Death Star meeting room in A New Hope. He as it turns out, was a Republic cruiser commander during the Clone Wars. I don't know if everybody made that connection, but that was the same character. So could Captain Kennedy or Captain Peavy be shown in command of early Star Destroyers in the First Order before they really organize the fleet and go after the Resistance in The Last Jedi? So there's good options as far as who we saw in the movies that could show up in Resistance, and the timeline is so tight that it's not out of realism for them to show up. I think I've covered everybody. I may have missed somebody. The Poe Dameron comic, which it's about to finish its run. It's It's gone about 29 issues now. It took place just before The Force Awakens. The first arc was about Poe's search for Lor Santeca, played by Max von Sydow, who had the map to Skywalker at the beginning of The Force Awakens. It's a lot of the same pilots. Uh, you see Jess, you see Snap. Um, Ali Esto, um, 
I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. He's the Abenito pilot. Uh, he died in The Force Awakens, but he's uh, been in the comic series, too. There was another pilot of the same species in Last Jedi, but it wasn't the same character as the one who died. So I'm going to do an episode just about the Poe comic series because it's so tied into the Resistance era, obviously. So I'll save some of the details of that series for later. Uh, the one character I was going to mention was Agent Terex, who works for the First Order. He was a former stormtrooper who was at the Battle of Jakku and then held on to the ideals of the Empire for so long and then became like a black market businessman later on until he saw this First Order Stormtrooper helmet and realized that something had been restarted. And then he joined the First Order and went in pursuit of Poe while he was on the search for Flori Santeca. I will get into that more later, just because of how when you get when you deal with a 25 plus issue comic series it's a little harder to organize all the characters together than just who appeared in a book or a movie moving on we have another great novel for the resistance era phasma by delilah delilah dawson of course it focused on phasma and where she came from there will be some book spoilers in here just because of the details i have to get into the other major character from that book is a stormtrooper captain named Cardinal. He is like Captain Phasma in that he has a dressed like a Force Order stormtrooper, has a cape, but instead of the silver armor that she has, and in the book you find out where she got that armor. I'm not going to spoil that because it's pretty cool. He has red armor, hence Cardinal. It's not after the bird. Um, he is the stormtrooper trainer when they're younger and then Captain Phasma was like the squadron trainer in getting them ready for battle it's almost like how Yoda would train the Padawans and then they would move on to when they were younglings and then they would move on to being a Padawan under a certain uh, Jedi Master so Cardinals would start training them and then they would move on to Phasma it makes so much sense for Cardinal to show up in the series Again, I didn't want to speculate on what we saw in that one blurry image from France, but there was a what appeared to be a stormtrooper wearing red. I hope that's Cardinal, because he was a great character. We don't know that for a fact yet, so I don't want to act like, yes, he's in the series. We don't know that. Um, but moving on. There is a spy for the Resistance in the book. Her name is Vi Marathi. Very cool character. Since the show is about spying and recon, I hope Vi is in it. She was just a really well-done character. Just to let you know, um, because of time constraints and the amount of travel I do for my work, I listen to all the new Star Wars novels on audiobook through Audible. And, and of course it escapes me who read Phasma. It might have been Jan uh, January Lavoy. But whoever did it made Vi just so cool and calm and slick, even when she was being interrogated by Cardinal. So hopefully we see Vi show up in the series. 
Now, we don't know exactly when Phasma takes place in relation to the beginning of The Force Awakens. Uh, there are a couple of characters we see from Phasma's past. Their names are Siv and Torby. Uh, don't know if they may show up. Uh, it would make sense. It would be a nice continuation from the novel. Uh, there's no reason to go into too much detail with them. Now, the other reason that the timeline of Phasma versus Resistance is important is because Brendel Hux, General Hux's dad, and one of the founders of the First Order, is an important character in Phasma. So, if we could see him, that would be great, but I don't know how the timeline will match up, because he may or may not be around at that point. Don't want to spoil it too much. The other big book character that I think a lot of people are really wanting to see portrayed in some sort of animated or live-action version is Ray Sloan. She was introduced as a connecting thread in so many of the new canon novels, beginning with the first one of the new canon, A New Dawn, by John Jackson Miller. She was, a, I think, a captain at the time pursuing Kanan Jarrus and Harrison Dula. She showed up in the Kanan comic series, and then she was one of the important remaining admirals after the Battle of Endor. She was heavily involved in the events of Aftermath and became Grand Admiral by the end of that, and was mentioned in Phasma. So she would seem to be around in that timeline, even though she would be in her 70s, perhaps, something like that. I just want to see Ray Sloan, because she's an amazing character. A lot of people agree. So hopefully we will be treated to that. We'll see. I can't say for sure. Now moving on to Battlefront 2, the storyline of the game. It follows Inferno Squad, which is an elite TIE fighter pilot group that carries out covert missions and assassinations. They were formed after the Battle of Yavin, and that was explained in the book Inferno Squad Battlefront 2 um, by Christy Golden. And then their exploits after the Battle of Endor were the focus of the game story mode. It follows Aiden Versio and Delmico and Gideon Hask. This is going to get into spoilers because the story progresses even though the main crux of the gameplay is that, that year between Endor and the Battle of Jakku, there is a second version where it was released as a downloadable content that took place leading up to The Last Jedi. So these characters survived to the First Order and Resistance era. Now again, spoiler alert, Aiden and Del get together and they have a daughter named Zay. Gideon becomes a First Order officer. So, these are all prime candidates to be on the show because they exist in that era. We know that. The other main character was a Rebellion officer named Shriv, who is a Duros species. They were in the Cantina. He had a one mission on the game where he fights with Lando on Solust, And then he and Zay team up and are given a message from General Organa in the game to seek out allies in the Outer Rim, which ties into the ending of The Last Jedi. 
I also hope that means we see Zay and Shriv in Episode 9, but that's another story. The point is, all these characters, Shriv, Aiden, Dale, Zay, and Gideon, are all fair game for Resistance because we know they're alive in that era. And that they have, in Gideon's case, ties to the First Order, and in Shriv's case, ties to the Resistance. The last thing I'll get into, and then wrap this episode up, could we see characters from the previous animated series? Just based on the fact that most of them have died at this point, I don't think there's any point in talking about the Clone Wars, because none of those characters really have survived to this point. With exceptions, and I'll get to that. But the two main characters, three really, that we may see from Rebels, if they're alive in that era, there's Chopper, Harrison Dula, and her son Jason. Jason would be in his 30s during Resistance. Hera was a pilot. He's probably a pilot. Could he show up and befriend Kazuda? That's a possibility. I don't want to say for sure, so we'll see. Now, if you've seen the last episode of Rebels, you know there are four major characters who are still out there, and we don't know what happens to them because they're probably going to tell that tale someday. Ahsoka Tano, Sabine Wren, Ezra Bridger, and Thrawn. I doubt we'll see them on the show because they're probably saving that story for maybe an animated movie to go on the streaming service or a theatrical release or maybe an extra season of Rebels. That story's going to be told somewhere else, so I don't think we'll see any of those characters unless they show up after that story is told. I can touch quickly on... There's one character, besides the droids, who has shown up in every animated series that's canon and pseudo-canon. He was on Clone Wars, he was in Rebels, he was in the Freemaker Adventures, and he's been on Forces of Destiny. That is Hondo Anaka, the pirate. We know he's alive in this era because... At Disney World, they're building Galaxy's Edge and Disneyland. Galaxy's Edge takes place is set on the planet Batuu at the Black Spire Outpost. It is going to be decorated with Resistance and First Order signage and characters, so we know it's an outpost that's set in that in this era. That means it's quite possible we'll see Batuu on the series and it would be a nice tie-in to the park, which opens late in 2019. Although, if you ride Star Tours, depending on the variation of the ride you get, you can land on Batuu. I got to do that on my very first time on Star Tours, and it's it looks beautiful, the way they portrayed it in, on the, the ride. And I'm sure it's just going to be just as breathtaking to go into the actual park. But it mentions that one of the characters, well, two of the characters you can interact with at Black Spire are Nian Numba. By the way, I'm pronouncing that because that's how Jonathan Davis pronounced it in the Battlefront novel by Alexander Freed. I know everybody says Nine Num, something like that. I kind of like the way he approached it that Solistans have a hard consonant at the end. So I say Nian Numba. But you, you meet him at Batu, and you meet Hondo, which means he's alive at that point. I think it's neat that, that they found a minor character who has 
threaded through all of these animated series. So it would make sense for him to show up at some point or another in Resistance. And, and that character really grew on me, so I hope that's the case. Now, I do wonder if we'll get to see Maz Kanata, if there's any reason to go to Takodana, because in the timeline her castle is still there. She is such a great thread for all these characters because of her usefulness on the Forces of Destiny series, and uh, she's in uh, Battlefront, Han is there. Uh, she shows up in The Last Shot uh, by Daniel Jose Older. So Maz would be a nice connector to, um, to have. And it makes sense for spies to go to Takodana to try to get more information. So that leaves us with our major beloved characters. General Organa makes so much sense. And she could be voiced by Shelby Young or uh, another voice actress on the series. She's the leader of the Resistance. She has to be on there in some capacity. Han, like I say, at this point, either before or after the fall of Ben Solo, Han is involved in racing, or he has gone back to smuggling. So I don't think he'll be on the series, but never say never. I really don't think we'll see Luke, because he's off either training with Ben or in exile. So, unless they want to have like a hologram or a holocron type thing with Mark Hamill voicing. I don't think we'll see Luke. Don't think we'll see Ray because she's off on Jakku. Unless for some reason a mission takes them to Jakku and she just happens to encounter somebody from the cast. FN2187 is a candidate. Uh, it would be neat to have John Boyega come back and do the voice. Just don't know if... Now, if he's always been with Phasma and her battalion, then that makes sense, yes. But otherwise you get a little too coincidental. So, But there's the opportunity there for some cameos. And Chewbacca would be with Han. Now, R2 and 3PO... R2 is off with Luke, so probably not. But yes, I, I could see Anthony Daniels coming back as 3PO because he is a major player with Resistance. And also, it's not explained so well in the movie, but... 3PO in the Resistance is running a droid spy network. Uh, that's really fleshed out in the Poe comic, which I will get into. So 3PO is a very good candidate to be on the show as a beloved character. I think I've covered it about as much as I can in a preview with no further information. There's going to be information forthcoming. Uh, I'm recording this the morning of the panel at San Diego Comic-Con where they're going to do a 10th anniversary Clone Wars panel. They may reveal some resistance information then. There may be a trailer forthcoming. Once that happens, I will modify this with what we do know, as that becomes more. But I will wrap it up now. Again, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and the previous one. You can find me on Twitter at Radio Dakar R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R uh, you can leave comments there if you like. I'm also on Facebook at Radio Dakar. I will see you next time for a book review session of Bloodline and Phasma so I can go deeper into those and what we may see in this era. Until then, may the Force be with you. <laughs>